<clears throat> Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking to guest artist Michael Buffington about concept art and his new platform, Grind Before Glory. <clears throat> if you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. So Michael, you have a lot of industry experience. You are a concept artist and you have taught college. I mean, there's so little you haven't done in this area <laughs> of game development. So tell us what has been your industry experience. Um, well, um, I, I left school in 2003 with a bachelor's in illustration. And from there, I moved on and I immediately began working in video games. I started working for Activision on the X-Men 3 video game, which tells you how long ago that was. Um, and then I, I just kind of bounced around the industry a lot. I, I worked in small video game companies. I worked um, you know, in commercial, you know, doing live action storyboards for commercials. And um, I worked on Resident Evil 5, did some in-game cin cinematics for that game. Um, and then I moved on to working at um, this place called um, uh, Crest Animation Production under Lionsgate. And there I worked on a feature film called Alpha and Omega that came out in 2010, I believe. And then I bounced around some more. And in 2009, I landed at a place called Lucas Film Animation, working on season three of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. So that was that was one of my my most I guess the most notable experiences. But you know, since then, you know, I've worked at a, a few different game companies. I just left a game company called Block Tackle, and I'm going to be moving on pretty soon to another company. I'm in talks with several, so we'll see where I land. <clears throat> so you've been around the block several Definitely. times in the concept <laughs> art industry, but you were also a mentor to a 12-year-old Jordan McCracken Foster, who we all love and know so well here in Art Prof. How did the two of you meet? Well, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very funny story. Um, I happened to be in LA on some business. I was doing a contract for a studio. And while I was down there, I realized that I was the friend I was staying with lived very close to Jordan's godfather, who I had done some animation work with. And so I decided to stop by the house and say hello, just on a fluke. And <clears throat> I knocked on the door, nobody answered. So I was walking away. And as I was walking away, a moment of serendipity occurred. And uh, his godfather and little 12-year-old Jordan McCracken Foster strolled up and I said, hey, how's it going? And, you know, we talked and he said, hey, Jordan, this is the guy I was talking to you about. He does art. And he says, my godson Jordan likes to draw. Do you think that you could do maybe like a little, um, you know, drawing lesson for him? And I was like, yeah, sure. So the very next day they came by the place where I was staying. It was it was uh, Jordan's godfather, Jordan and Jordan's uh, little friend from school. <clears throat> 
And so I gave them a little drawing lesson. I talked to him about what it's like to be in the industry. You know, I told, I encouraged him and I told him that it was possible for him to be in the industry if he loved art and if he worked hard. And Jordan really, he was already in love with like drawing characters. He wanted to be an animation character designer. And he had drawn this character called Pickman. Okay. One day, if you guys haven't seen it already, you'll have to ask Jordan to show you Pickman. Okay. Um, and actually, you need to update that character. Okay. Jordan, update Pickman. Um, so, and then he asked me, he said, Hey, can you draw my character? And he pulls out his little character, Pickman. And I, and I, I, redrew his character and he was blown away. Like it, it was like he was watching me perform magic. And so, um, so I did that. And, you know, after that, you know, um, I kind of started to mentor him and really show him, you know, what it took. I, I encouraged him to do these crazy things that I would do, um, like drawing hands and drawing heads and things like that. And, um, and so he, I, I think he was actually, he got an award or something in his high school for drawing a thousand hands or something like that. But he was really dedicated. And I was so excited to see what his future was like because he was so hardworking even while he was in high school. So, you know, where he's at now and the success that he's experienced now as a professional artist is maybe a surprise to those who don't know him. But for me, who's been rolling with him since he was 12 years old and mentoring him and training him, you know, um, it's no surprise. That's that's totally what I expected from him. You got to him six years before I did. Because <laughs> I met Jordan when he was 18. So we, awesome. we knew Jordan. Me and Michael, we, we were on to you in the early years. Yeah. <laughs> now, Michael, you're a busy person. Because yeah. in addition to all those things, we also have Drawaholics Anonymous. And we also have the 2500 challenge, which many people in our community are participating in, in the Discord. Tell us about Drawaholics Anonymous. Well, um, about six years ago, I, I got to a point where I was really frustrated because there were so many students that wanted to be concept artists, but they really had some bizarre aversion to drawing. And they were trying to figure out any way they could to circumvent having to learn to draw. And really? Yes, <laughs> it was weird. Like if they could use 3D and maybe some photo bashing and maybe some paint, and I really don't have to learn how to draw, I'd prefer to do that. And I would try to explain to them, that's not how it works. You have to learn how to draw. It's the foundation of everything. And, you know, finally, I just said, you know what? I have to change the culture. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to create a group. And I'm going to call it Drawholics Anonymous because I'm, I'm Drawholic1124 on, um, on social media. If you go on IG, TikTok, wherever, you'll find me, Drawholic1124. And so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a group called Drawholics Anonymous. And it's going to be to create a culture of excellence, to change the mindset and the thought process behind approaching um, learning art and behind, you know, what it takes to, um, you know, doing what it takes to chase this career in concept art. And so I said, I'm going to make a group and membership in the group is going to be dependent upon doing this very grueling exercise. And I created something called the 2500 challenge. And I said, I'm going to tell people that they need to draw 1000 heads, 500 legs, 500 arms, 250 hands, 250 feet, all within one calendar year in order to be officially a member of Drawaholics Anonymous. 
And, you know, when people, you know, I thought, you know, maybe a few people will join and I'll have this little handful of, you know, people that will follow me around. But this thing <laughs> blew up because, you know, what people really want to do is they want to find uh, a place where they're surrounded by like-minded people who have the same desires, who have the same wants, the same needs, the same fears, you know, and what happened was we created this thing called um, Drawhawks Anonymous, which was driven, you know, by the 2500 Drawing Challenge. And people that weren't norm that wouldn't normally associate together started becoming friends, like um, junior or like you know freshmen and seniors, um, you know people that were in school and post grads, people that were in the industry. Like we had so many different types of people, and what it was such a blessing because the young people who were coming in were able to you know rub elbows and make friends with people that had much more experience than them. And it wasn't like that when I was in school because you generally move with people that were kind of in the same cohort as you. And that's not what happened. It created this amazing camaraderie. And, um, you know, I, I really um, uh, love the the progress that people made coming out of Drawholics Anonymous, having done the 2500 challenge. It's literally, I know it sounds hyperbolic, but it's been life changing for some people. It takes their their growth process and it puts it on steroids. Right. Because Chuck Jones said that every artist has 10,000 bad drawings in them. So my philosophy was, if you do the 2500 challenge, you are a quarter of the way there. So, you know, so that's kind of where the mindset came from, because what people don't realize about building skill, especially drawing, you know, they think it's feelings based. Oh, I'll draw a flower today and maybe in two weeks I'll feel the need to draw a boat. And then in, in a week <laughs> after that, I'll draw a portrait, you know, and it's like, no, that's not how it works, because what happens is, you know, the brain is very efficient. And when the brain when the brain wants to or realizes that you're going to be doing something over and over, the brain goes, oh, you're going to do this a lot. OK, let me create a bridge, a synapse from impulse to action so that you can do this a little bit more efficiently. But that only comes through repetition. And with the repetition, your, your brain literally gets rewired to the point where this action that took so much thought and so much uh, uh, you know, focus now becomes almost automatic. It becomes almost instinctive. And it's, it's you know, when people see me draw now and they see my speed and, and you know, that I don't even look need to look at reference a lot of the times, right. not, not that I have anything against reference, but you know, when they see my speed, you know, they're like, wow, like this looks like magic. I mean, they literally say that to me sometimes, but it's because, you know, it, it seems effortless because it's become a part of, it's become woven into the fabric of my being. So that's like what breathing. the repetition is about. That's why it's so important. That's what the 2500 is about. And that's why Drawhawks Anonymous was so cool. And and it's it got so popular that it has all, over 600 members from five different continents. So it's 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 been a, it's been a thing. Artist Fav says that's an amazing story, really shows how important that creative support early on is. Well, speaking of creating support, let's talk about your new project, Grind Before Glory, which is another opportunity <clears throat> to get that creative support. Because you know something? Well, self-learning is phenomenal, and I'm blown away by what's available. At a certain point, Michael, people really need the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when when you're trying to figure something out on your own without a mentor, it becomes a hundred times harder. There are some people who can do it, 
right? They're just very special people. They're self-starters, but they're a very small minority. They're the outliers. Most people need some sort of guidance. Um, the problem is, is that we have been kind of trained to believe that if we wanted to pursue art, we had to pony up $200,000 and go to a traditional art institution of learning where you may or may not get, come out with the skills that you need to compete at the professional level and do this as, as a career. And, you know, it's gotten to the point where, you know, that, that model is a bit silly, you know? And so I decided to create this uh, art fundamental skill building program called Grind Before Glory to help people build they have a cost-effective option for building the foundational skills. Because the problem is, is that most of these institutions of learning, despite what they tell you, they over-promise and under-deliver, their foundations programs are generally very weak. And I know this because I taught at the university level for almost two decades. I so, <laughs> so you you know, right? Yeah, so yeah. you know, I was I became appalled at how weak the fundamentals became because it was all about retention, right? They wanted to make that first year easy so people would become invested and then stay in the program. It was monetarily driven and it was to the detriment of the student and their growth. And so I said, I have to do something about this. And so I created Grind Before Glory to help people have an option to come and study and develop their fundamental skills. So we'll learn more about that in a little bit. But let's go way back. Let's rewind to <laughs> 1998, which I think oh, I must have oh. been 21. That was the year I graduated from RISD as an undergrad. <clears throat> and this is you about the same. We're about the same age. We're from the yeah. same generation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and, um, I, um, this was 1998. I had started art school in fall of 1997. And this was almost a year after I'd been in school. So, you know, um, as, you know, as different as this looks from my current work, um, this was a year, about a year after I'd been in school. So um, my, I, sh I used to show this to one of my teachers and I would say, what do you think? And she would go, I think you're experiencing growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not what you want to be told as a young art student. No, no. I wanted I wanted all the praise. I wanted people to go, oh my goodness, you're amazing. Yeah. And that's not what I got. And you know what? That was the best thing that could have happened to me because it helped me understand, you know, how much I had to work so that I didn't succumb to the Dunning-Kruger effect, you know? <laughs> Tell um, us in the chat, how many of you here had a teacher at one point say something that was the wake-up call because maybe that was your wake-up call michael that you had to get up and, and make it happen make the progress occur yeah i mean you know i i was you know i grew up i didn't come from an affluent background we we're very poor i grew up in the mission district of san francisco I didn't have access to, you know, special tutors and art mentors and classes and things like that. I didn't even know what a portfolio was. I, I somehow got into a, an art school and came in there thinking that I was going to be the best artist like I was in my high school and realized quickly that probably about 80% of the students that were there were better than me. And I said, yeah. oh, my goodness, either I'm going to have to get serious or I'm going to have to go do something else because 
fooling around doesn't appear to be an option for me. And so I became very serious. And, you know, when you see, I love that before and after <clears throat> because it shows this is how I walked into school and this is how I left after, you know, probably tens of thousands of drawings, many uh, sleepless nights, many tears shed, you know, I got to that point. And then you see, you know, even, you know, that was in 2005, that after, right? And here is something that I've done within the last year, you know? So you see, I continue to progress as an artist because when I first left school, I wasn't a very good painter. I was a decent painter with watercolor and, and acrylic. I was an okay oil painter. I stunk at pastel, um, but, but um, Photoshop for painting had not become a thing yet. When I first got a job at Concept Art, uh, with concept art, I was still using markers and colored pencils, and I had to transition into uh, Photoshop, and that was very difficult. Um, but eventually, I taught myself how to paint in Photoshop, and that's where I got to where I am. And and you can see here, this is some stylized, um, some stylized uh, sketches, you know, that that I do. I do animated and comic book style stuff, and because my foundation is so strong. It allows me to move laterally from style to style. And this is why I always emphasize the foundations. And I decided that if I was going to do something with Grand Before Glory, it's going to be a foundational program because that, if your foundations are strong, it doesn't matter what the house looks like. You can do anything. I'm studying interior design right now. Okay. And, and the reason why is because I have such a strong foundation. It lets me move laterally throughout the art world. Fantastic. So your question from Parasu, who says, is it normal for an art school to cost $30,000 a year minus room and board with only $1,000 scholarship money per student? I'm looking at PNCA and it seems off. I don't know what PNCA is. Do you, Michael? Parasu, maybe you can explain. Um, no, I don't know. I've, I've, not, I've not heard of that acronym for, for any school, but I can say this. Um, um, that's fairly common and it, it could actually be uh, a lot more than that, depending on where you go, which is why, you know, I believe that the model, the traditional model for going to a very expensive art university for four years and ending up 150 to $200,000 in debt um, is kind of antiquated. We should have options for, we Pacific, okay, um, we should have options for learning our craft without having to put ourselves in a situation where we're shackled by lifelong debt. And this is why independent art instruction is so important. When you can find independent art educators, you know, I love what you're doing here with Art Prof because it's helping people have access to learn right. some of these things without having to break the bank. You know, I mean, or you're offering, it's, it's free. It's just, you're putting out a gift out there to the community. And I believe that what, what people like myself are doing, you know, with Grind Before Glory and other people are doing with their schools is they're offering a cost-effective solution to learning these skills. The difference between these large colleges and, and people like myself is those large colleges have accreditation, they have history, they have all these things which lead people to believe that if I go there, I'm going to have a, a a high probability of becoming a professional artist, but that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. once you get out of that school, they hand you that piece of paper and they say, have a nice life. But somebody like myself, 
The only thing I have to offer is quality education. Otherwise, why would you go train with me? I'm not offering degrees. I'm not offering, you know, um, diplomas or anything like that. I don't have accreditation. All I have is almost 20 years of experience in the industry and almost 20 years of experience as an art instructor at the university level. And and what I'm offering is to push people um, to grow. So, <clears throat> yeah, art school is not cheap. I think no. RISD is at least 70,000 a year times four, that's $280,000. And we haven't even bought art supplies yet. So that is typical for a lot of art schools to be like that and to have very few scholarships. There's so few for art students out there. So Lisa's asking, has Michael mentored other young superstars? Have you had students go off and work in the industry or? Countless. <laughs> I've had countless students go off into the industry and do some really amazing things. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that that people would know know them necessarily, but I have so many uh, former students that are rock stars at you know places like Riot and Blizzard and you know DreamWorks and Pixar. I mean, you name it. I've got former students literally peppered all over the industry that are doing really amazing things. And um and I'm I mean some of them now I'm like hey how did you do that <laughs> I'm learning from them now <laughs> give me some tips <laughs> we have a question from a scarf and tea who says would grind before glory benefit someone who is more comfortable creating art traditionally rather than digitally yeah absolutely that's a great question um one of the things that that I have a problem with today is people's um, fixation with tablets, with iPads, with digital drawing and things like that. And it's it's very it's very interesting because when a person now learn, wants to learn how to draw, like I'll get this on my TikTok lives all the time. I go live, you know, probably a couple of times a week. And when I do, when I, a young artist comes on, the first thing they ask me is, what kind of tablet should I draw? I want to become an artist. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like, hold up. yeah, like, like, here's what you start with, buddy, go get yourself some paper and some pencils with some wood in it. Okay, no mechanical pencils, <laughs> go get yourself some pencils with some wood in it and some paper and you start drawing. Okay, every day, this is what you do, eat, breathe and sleep it on paper. Once you become adept at drawing on paper, then go invest the $1,500, $2,000 in your tablet or whatever, and then you can transition over. So um, much of Grind Before Glory is traditional um, in its process. I would say it's probably about 65, 35 or 60, 40, you know, traditional to digitals, because I really push at the foundational level, traditional drawing, because it's just that important. Sometimes when it's just you, paper, pencil, you can't fake it. it no. It's you and the pencil and you have to make it happen. And I I've always appreciate that about you, Michael, that although you do all these amazing digital paintings, that when it comes down to it, you're like, nope, the pencil. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you what I could do with a pencil and paper, Clara. You know, that's my first love. I'll never leave it no matter how much uh, uh, digital, it becomes a, a you know the main thing in the industry. I will always draw on pencil and paper. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Karasu's asking, would I get feedback on my art in your Grind Before Glory program? Yes, absolutely. So the way the program is designed is that it is not an asynchronous model like 
the majority of online art schools are. So the majority of online art schools, you kind of watch a video and then you do your homework and then you get some feedback later. But what I do is we run these classes in, in Google Classroom. We're thinking about moving over to another platform, but basically it's a live virtual class, just like Zoom or any of these other platforms. And what I do is I critique your, your work live in the class with all the other students. They give feedback as well. And then um, uh, I do my lecture, my demo, and then we move on. So every single classroom, you are getting real-time live feedback in the classroom because I believe that that is absolutely critical to growth. And, and you know, so, like I said, there are special people in the world that may be able to do this asynchronous model and learn that way. I think you actually have to be a little bit more advanced. When you're starting out, you need that direct connection. You need that direct one-on-one -on -one feedback so that if I say something in my feedback and you don't understand it, you could say, hey, can you clarify that? You know, because one of the most frustrating things is seeing some feedback, not really understanding it, and then having to wait three or four days to get an answer to your question. So, you know, it's, it's uh, absolutely, absolutely, you get real-time feedback. Well, I think this is important to talk about because Anna here is saying my high school art teacher said a lot of things like your skills don't match the level of your ideas. And Monique says, I can relate to learning to draw in high school, comparing where I was to my peers who've had years of practice ahead of me. Mine wasn't competitive. I just compared myself. So Michael, as a teacher, how do you deal with that? Because you have students coming in with all different levels and we can't help it. We always okay. compare ourselves to other people and grind before glory seems like a place where we can just, okay, let's just buckle down and not worry about that. You know, it's, it, I, I, I really appreciate that because it's very common for people to come in and see people that are better than them and say, oh my goodness, I don't belong here. Right. That was my experience. I, I walked into a classroom. It was called Clothes Figure Drawing One. And this was in my first semester. And these people were maybe a year ahead of me. And I was looking at the drawings and I was going, oh, my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? I'm nowhere close to these people. I'll never be this good. And I and I kind of got, you know, got rid of that, cast off that idea very quickly. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get there. Hella high water. I'm going to do this or I'm going to die trying. Um, and I just, kept, I just kept beating on my craft. You know, and what I would tell people is, look, when you come in to doing something that is a high level skill, you aren't supposed to be good. OK, um, yeah. nobody comes out of the womb with a pencil in their hand like, voila, watch me draw. Right. <laughs> so all of us have to grow. We all have to crawl before we learn how to walk. And so I always tell people, you have to give yourself permission to suck. It's going to take some time. But if you trust the process, if you allow yourself the time to grow and you allow yourself to trip and fall, you will get there as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. Karasu's asking, how are the Grind Before Glory classes structured? What kind of accommodations could I get as an autistic student? Um, so the way that the classes are structured is we have three classes a week. And the classes will range from, you know, two and a half hours to four hours, depending on the number of students. We cap this, the, the amount of students in the class at 15, um, and preferably I'll keep it below 15, um, just so I can make sure I give everybody individualized intention. Um, and we go for 10 weeks, that's one block, 
and then we end the block, we have a two week break and we start the next block. And so we go on until we've completed six blocks and then you're done with the program. As far as accommodations are concerned, you know, we're really, you know, we are really um, uh, about making sure that anybody can join the program. So we're, you know, whatever we need to do, if that's maybe give people more time to complete their work, if that's, um, you know, having, um, you know, additional workshops to help people during the, the week while they're working on their homework and things like that. We're totally, um, you know, um, we've to we're totally designed to do that. And that's that's what we look to do is help everybody, regardless of what your your um, needs are. Thank you so much, Amaris, for the super chat. We so <laughs> much appreciate your support. And we have a question from Crispy who says, would you have to show your face? <laughs> Um, generally I feel like it is, it, there's a deeper connection that occurs when you, um, you know, show your face on camera. I think it's important, um, because it, it builds connection. And one of the things that, um, you'll learn about being an artist in the industry, when you're working in a studio on a team, there's a connectedness that needs to happen with the other team members. So it's really important that you learn how to connect with people. I know nowadays, you know, it's a little bit difficult with the online sort of social media world and we're used to being so disconnected, but I think it's important. That said, if somebody really had like some sort of social anxiety disorder or something like that, where they just really couldn't stand to be on camera, um, they could let me know and talk to me about it and we'll, we'll make an accommodation for them, you know? Um, so I'm always, always okay with that. So Karasu's asking, what does the homework look like? That's a great question. So for Grind Before Glory, um, you know, it's, it's really about what it says in the name. It's about grinding, right? And so <clears throat> what I believe in is I believe lots of repetition is important. So for example, um, when we're taking our, our first um, course, which is um, line form and value, I believe is the name of it. Um, we'll have weeks where we literally will draw like a hundred cubes. You know, we'll have, you know, in the figure drawing, you know, course, you know, the first one we'll have, you know, days where weeks where it'll be 50 heads that week, you know, so it'll be a lot of repetition. And the reason why that is, is because I believe that there's two things that have to happen in uh, in our education, and that is focusing on focusing in on one specific thing and then repeating it over and over and over. So Bruce Lee said, "I fear not the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks. I fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times. Why? Because that one kick practiced ten thousand times is going to be a lot more lethal and a lot more painful than somebody who just kind of experiments here and there. Because you're going to have that accuracy, you're going to have that adeptness, that control. So that's really what it's about in Grand Before Glory. It's lots of repetition and it's lots of focus, and it really requires that people come in with a certain mindset. That's why I call it Grand Before Glory Art boot camp because you really have to come <laughs> in with a boot camp mindset um, in order to be successful. Yeah. And I found with a lot of these fundamentals, Michael, it's like you have to just do it just over and over again, because sometimes that repetition, sometimes I feel kind of lame giving that advice, like keep doing it. But that yeah. really is where you get results. I mean, that's how you got to where you are. Absolutely. I'm, I'm obsessive about repetition. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, 
when I say I'm going to learn something, I will do it over and over and over until that thing starts flowing and it becomes natural to me. So yes, I am obsessive and compulsive about repetition. I eat, breathe, and sleep drawing. I eat, breathe, and sleep painting. I really don't have much of a life outside of that. Um, and I don't care. <laughs> what I, do. awesome. I love that. Well, so we know you have so much industry experience and concept art and game development. You've worked on all these shows and everything. But it seems to me like because Grind Before Glory really is about just, okay, let's hit those fundamentals. You could be a fine art painter and get so much out of this that this is not just for concept artists. Absolutely. Um, that's really important because what I, what I, try to get people to understand is the foundations are so critical. People usually try to gloss over the foundations and get to the cool stuff like the character design. And I tell people, that's what you call a get to do. And they say, what's a get to do? I say, that's what you get to do when you've done what you're supposed to do. You see, you know, you don't you don't get to put the cart before the horse, man. You have to put certain you have to do certain things before you're ready for other things. And foundations are so critical and so you know when you learn the foundations the right way you put the time in and the effort into developing your foundations at that point once the foundations are done you can go this way and be an illustrator you can go this way and be a concept artist you can go this way and be a fine artist you can be a graphic designer you can do ui ux you can literally do so many different things as long as you have a strong foundation well, the foundation is flexible because I definitely have worked with people who say, well, I want to be a concept artist. Therefore, I have to just do character design all day. I, I can't do anything else because anything else is a distraction. But right. that's actually very limiting because I'm sure you know the fundamentals make you a flexible artist. Absolutely. You're not just capable of one skill. You're capable of all of these skills that help you with the other ones. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge mistake to only do one thing, you know? And I have a lot of people that, you know, believe that, hey, I'm gonna be, you know, a character designer. You know, everybody says they wanna be a character designer, but really, if you wanna be a marketable artist, you need to know how to do props, environments, creatures, yeah. characters, and you don't know how to paint, do color. I mean, you should be a well-rounded artist because if you're not, you're gonna have very limited opportunities in the industry. But if you're flexible and you're an art, you know, stylistic chameleon like I am, you know, there's so many different things that'll open up for you. Karasu's asking, would Grind Before Glory be a good fit for comic and graphic novel artists? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Without a doubt. Like, that is, I mean, it would be good for, for anyone, in my opinion. But especially if you're going to be a comic book graphic novel artist, the program is tailor-made for, for that skill. You know, so anybody, because you need to know how to draw so many different things and you need to know how to draw them adeptly. You know, and and you need to have a foundation that will allow you to develop a style eventually that is appealing. And that starts with skill. So you have to build that skill. And that's what Grind Before Glory does. It builds that skill. You know, and you can see in a lot of those before and afters that you've been pulling up. I mean, you know, these people did the 2500. This was a, a young lady named Anna. And you can see where she was at before. And then you see after. And it's not even the same artist. And this is. Oh, it doesn't even. No, Compare. and let me tell you something. She did this within about, I want to say, 
less than six months. This is the growth that she had in less than six months doing the 2500 challenge. And that's why I'm so thrilled that you're doing it with Art Prof because, you know, it's it's amazing to hear that. Crispy is saying, how much will tuition cost for the courses? Well, um, I don't like words like cost because I, or tuition because I feel like it, the, a better word is an investment. How much of an investment will I have to make in order to join Grand Before Glory? Um, well, um, it's I think the entire program is, I think, somewhere around $10,000. But I have a special gift for um, Art Prof members. Anybody who signs up for Grind Before Glory before April 1st will get a 25% discount. And that is, if, if you go okay. in to sign up, the discount code is ARTPROF. So if Yay. you type in discount code ARTPROF, um, you will get a 25% discount for anybody who signs up prior to April 1st. Michael is asking, do the classes teach the use of the digital programs? I'm so new to everything. I'm not that familiar enough just navigating Photoshop or Clip Studio Paint. Yes, absolutely. We do, like I said, we do... Um, probably about 60 or 65% traditional and then 35, 40% digital. So I teach you all how to use, I, I work in Photoshop, but I also work in Procreate. And um, I just downloaded Clip Studio Paint. It's very similar to Photoshop. I just need to learn all the hotkeys. <laughs> <laughs> A Scarf and T is asking, are there starting dates for the Grind Before Glory program. Yeah, we actually have a brand new cohort that's starting at the end of this month. So end of this month, I can't remember the exact date, but it's a Monday, um, we're starting and we will allow people to join um, up to two weeks into the first cohort because after that, unless you have a certain level of skill, it's probably not gonna be good to join too much later. Um, but we also- I'm sorry. How long is one course? Is it several weeks or? 10 weeks. So, 10 weeks. yeah. So, we, so every block will be three, uh, three courses and it'll be 10 weeks um, each for each block. So, each course is essentially 10 weeks and then there's 18 classes total. Um, and, you know, the really good thing about uh, Grind Before Glory is that, you know, uh, if you don't, um, if you don't like, you know, group instruction, you prefer, you know, one-on-one -on -one instruction or things like that, we have a mentorship program um, that we've launched so people can pay a certain fee uh, for, you know, monthly for mentorship. You have to commit to a three-month block, but um, but that'll give you one-on-one -on -one uh, twice a week for an hour. And then we also have something called Portfolio ER, and that is for people who <laughs> have at least two years in one of these traditional art schools that overpromise and underdelivered, under delivered, which are many, um, you can do our portfolio, portfolio ER program and you'll get a very uh, uh, tailor, like special tailored program to help you with where you're at after an assessment. So is the portfolio program for people who want to apply to art school or like a professional portfolio? Portfolio program is really, the portfolio ER is for people who like maybe they spent a couple of years in art school, but they just, they got discouraged, they dropped out, or maybe they graduated. And then they realize after that they didn't have the skills to get a job in the industry. And they come back to the school and the school's like, hey, <laughs> we're done, buddy. You got your degree, you paid your money, have a nice life. Happens more often than you think. 
oh, Michael, when I was teaching at RISD, and even today, I have students calling me up saying, Claire, I got a commission. I don't know what to do. And I'm right. like, okay, this is what you do because we didn't cover that in right. art school. And yes, the skills are very important, but oh my gosh, art schools miss yeah. so many things. I'm like, you should leave art school knowing how to send an invoice, but they don't right. teach that. And I'm sure you had a similar experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really frustrating because what I care about is I care about the students, I care about the quality of education, and I care about them being able to realistically have a shot at living their dream. Who goes to art school, spends all that money to leave and go drive Uber? Like, nobody wants to do that. They want to do what they came to art school to do. And when people aren't able to do that, it's heartbreaking for me. You know, so I really want to do anything I can to help the community um, and help people like that. That's why I created Drawholics Anonymous. That's why I created the 2500 Challenge. That's why, you know, I, I um, you know, created Drawholics Anonymous. And then Jordan, you know, I told Jordan, I said, hey, man. I said, just because, you know, you're a professional now doesn't mean you're done, buddy. Like you have to continue mentoring people. And he still does. That's what he does, man. He's he's you know, he's a professor now. You know, he works <laughs> off. You know, Jordan is amazing. And, and he's carrying the torch for me, you know. So you guys can find Michael on several sites. He is on Instagram, on TikTok. There's also a Grind Before Glory boot camp uh, YouTube channel. There's also the website. All those links are in the YouTube video description below. And Michael is also on ArtStation. We do have a couple spaces left in a few of our Mark workshops. Transform your art into merchant prints, abstract drawing and painting. That's this Saturday. So if you want to do that, you better get in like immediately. Collage and mixed media experiments. And we also have registration for the April workshops is now open. The registration for that is due Friday, March 24th. We have a lot of really fun topics. So take a look at that. All the information is on the homepage of artprof.org. Join our Patreon group. This is a really fun, small group of artists in our Discord. You can find support. Much easier to make connections versus with the 11,000 other members in the public parts of the server. You can share your art in weekly voice sessions. I provide critiques and support, which I'm not able to do in the public channels. It's just too many people. So the Patreon group is a great opportunity to get increased interaction with staff. ArtProf has many services. We have artist calls, artist statement editing, personal art curriculums, and portfolio critiques. I want to give a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. Some of you who have been with us for years now, and I cannot believe the loyalty. So thank you all for being there for us. Visit artprof.org. There is so much content on the website that's just not available on YouTube. Best way to use it is to type whatever you want into the search bar. Artprof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Oh, and there's also a Discord chat, okay? No stage session, just typing. And Michael, I'm hoping you can join us as well. Absolutely. Great. I'll meet you guys in the post live streams channel in the Discord, and we can chat more over there. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, guys.